season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the jkr podcast today we have co-founders of clubbing jordan and clinton here on the jkr podcast for the baseball business series presented by old fort baseball jordan and clinton pumped to have both you guys here on the jkr podcast like i said i believe this might be the first dual interview i have here you guys can be around episode 240 241 so you know pretty cool here to have your first dual interview here with you guys uh like i said pumped to have you guys on how you guys doing today i'm good man clinton how you doing I'm doing great. Appreciate you having us here, Jace. Hey, of course, and th- thank you guys for coming on the show. But before we dig into club- Clubby and, you know, how it got started and all that type of stuff, you know, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the J-Care podcast, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you guys introduce yourselves? Who is Jordan? Who is Clinton? We can just go with that order here to start off, you know, Jordan to Clinton, just take us through that. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Jordan. Uh, I've been working here at Clubby now for going on about three years. Um, you know, I got my start, um, like probably a lot of your listeners growing up as an avid uh, baseball fan. Um, you know, I remember uh, the days of Manny Wood in Los Angeles, uh, then went over to a four-year college at University of Riverside um, and always just felt like I wanted to break into the sports world. Um, so I was fortunate to do kind of uh, some outbound, got uh, some interviews set up with a couple of different sports agencies um, in the baseball world. And then was fortunate enough to, you know, land an internship that turned into a job at a company called MVP Sports Group. They represented uh, players like Albert Pujols and Manny Machado and Joey Votto, et cetera. Um, and so that's really where we got the um, the idea for Clubby, right, um, in terms of finding short-term housing for professional athletes, really feeling like that was like a niche that we needed to fill. Um, but yeah, best way to describe me is just, you know, an avid fan of, of baseball, um, obviously also a fan of the business of baseball. I think that's a eagerly as interesting as seeing all the things that happen off the field. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having us uh, on the podcast. Of course. All right, Clinton. Yeah. So um, like, like Jordan, I'm super avid sports fan my entire life. Uh, I grew up in Florida. Um, I remember, I think it was 98 when the Rays stadium was when the Rays became the uh, expansion team and the stadium went up about 10 minutes from my house and my dad had season tickets. Um, Obviously we were terrible for a while, but I got to watch Manny Ramirez and big poppy go back to back in the lineup for year over year. And we, uh, my father actually had a restaurant in the stadium. So Baseball has been near and dear to my heart and my family for most of my life. Um, I moved to California about five or six, about six years ago. And um, it's when I met Jordan at our prior uh, employer. And um, he kind of uh, swung this idea by me. I actually, I'm, I'm a licensed attorney in Florida as well. So once he heard that, he was like, I kind of need some some uh, potential lawyer advice on this idea. And I, I thought it was great. And I've always had a, uh, you know, a kind of a, a deep dream to break into the sports world in some fashion. So we uh, kind of ran with the idea over the, over the next few years and got in a nice opportunity once COVID kind of shut things down to really sit down and figure some stuff out. So we've been kind of grinding ever since. 
Okay. So Jordan, kind of take us through that initial idea stage and then Clinton, you know, just hop in here as well, wherever, wherever it best fits, you know, those, those initial conversations about clubby, you know, what your initial thoughts were when Jordan kind of pitched the idea, just both you guys take us through that a little bit. Yeah. So um was just driving home from work one day and um, had always felt like when I was working at the sports agency that there was just a major hole um, for a lot of these ball players in terms of helping them find housing. It was tough to find landlords that understand it, you know, what the needs are of professional athletes, like flexibility to get out of leases if they're traded, promoted, demoted, et cetera. Um, so that was one component. And then there was also a component that, you know, a lot of the players that maybe were not major league bound, that were career minor leaguers, um, maybe didn't have the best prospects for making to the big leagues. They just frankly didn't get the same level of support um, that players that, you know, were maybe a little bit more highly touted. And that just comes down to an agency only has a certain amount of cycles that they can spend across their players. Um, and um, they just need to make hard decisions on the types of players that they can support. And so uh, reached out to Clinton, just said, hey, like, you know, obviously you have a background in baseball. Um, we both, you know, have a desire to work in the sports world. How about we kind of go through the back door and start working with a lot of these guys, not as agents, but as kind of the agents specifically for their housing needs. Um, and so reached out to Clinton. We actually first started Clubby. It was only supposed to be meant for minor leaguers at the beginning. Um, did not think that we were going to get to a world where major league baseball players would be interested in working with us at the start. Uh, but quickly, quickly realized that um, major league baseball players and now we'll be working with quite a few more uh, other sports and we've already closed deals with other sports as well. The major league baseball players are generally our, our main demographic now. Um, so Clint, I don't know if you recall some of those early conversations that we had all the way back there in like 2018, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember Jordan came to me, um, basically with the idea of there's a pain point with around this specifically with minor leaguers where no one's really looking out for them. Eventually a lot of them will make it to the big leagues, but in those early years, they're just, you know, getting treated like, like pretty much garbage with as far as anybody helping them out. So we knew that there was an ability for us to insert some value there. And we, we made some connections with um, some of the nonprofits more than baseball was one of the ones we spoke with early on. Um, and we got some conversations started. And then the more we realized, you know, it's, was, there was more, there's not just a need with minor leaguers, but across all of baseball, because really there's just no one that's focused on doing this. Um, as Jordan mentioned, this is just kind of the work that's non-revenue producing for these agencies. So and it can be very time consuming at times. So, I mean, it's a, a service that we've realized can be pretty impactful across not just minors, but in pro baseball, but also the other pretty much every sport. Um, so we're trying to make headways into the others as well. Okay. Um, so you know, Go ahead. Sorry. Not, not, yeah, not, that's it. Okay. So after those initial conversations, you said, you know, five, six years ago or so, wasn't until around 2020, 2020 when you guys went ahead and launched. So what were those next steps for you guys to get to get clubbing launched and then maybe some of the uh the the more difficult parts of that process that you guys learned about you know as you guys were going ahead and launching clubby yeah i can, yeah. I can take it, jordan go ahead glenn um so yeah so we knew there was really two components to it we knew we needed to not make ourselves credible and start to get the introductions on the agency and player side so that we can get that demand created but at the same time we knew we needed to get the supply which early on, I know that was something that was a tougher thing for us to figure out. Um, 
because we weren't exactly sure the best ways to get the supply. Um, initially, we were thinking about going, you know, just kind of cold calling, brute forcing through um, apartment complexes and landlords and things like that. We realized, you know, with the what we were really trying to do is be the national presence and give these guys options everywhere. Um, it, it made us more shift gears towards looking at corporate housing type providers that we could partner with on a long-term basis. That would give us that, not only the flexibility that we, we need with our players, um, you know, uh, terms and their leases, but um, the availability and the supply across the country. So we made a lot of headway early on with not only just reaching out through social media and creating relationships with the player agent side, but uh, you know, getting those those relationships started and those partnerships created and agreed to with the supply side. So we could, over time, we really just ramped up our supply at the same time ramping up demand. So, so far it's been working out well. We're, we're still kind of a lot, we got a long way to go on both, but we've been doing pretty good. Okay. Jordan, you got anything to add for that? Yeah, I think um, honestly the first six months of Clubby was really just a lot of due diligence, right? It was I, Clint and I feel like there's this pain out there. I've experienced it firsthand working within the sports world, but like our other agents, our other players feeling this pain. Right. And so like for the first six months or so of, since we, when we launched clubby um, it was really reaching out to agents and players and just saying like, Hey, is this like a pain point that you guys are having? Like, is it tough for you guys to find housing? Is it tough for you guys to find housing at scale across all the different markets that your players are located in? Um, are you guys feeling that same challenge that we felt back when we were working in the sports world at the agency? And it was just a resounding yes. Like every single person that we talked to said, like, if you can figure out a way to find fully furnished housing at scale and be able to handle these requests. And when I say at scale, I mean, during our busy season, we're handling three to 400 requests in a month. So, I mean, if you can imagine the influx of players submitting housing requests on our site. It's not a matter of like, are we just finding housing for one player or two players? I mean, we're finding housing for hundreds and hundreds of players across a variety of different sports with very, very quick uh, uh, turnarounds in terms of the time that they're looking for. And so the first six months was really just figuring out, um, you know, if the pain point existed. And then after that, um, really just as Clint was talking about earlier, um, building out the supply, right? Um, so that when players come to us, we can quickly turn around uh, fully furnished housing requests, generally within 24 to 48 business hours of when they submit that that ticket to us. Okay. So as you guys are building up on the supply, finding different houses, finding different apartments, are you guys partnering with realtors there? What does that kind of look like? And then since you guys do want to be like at that point, you know, a national brand was the goal, you know, just where do you guys start? Just take us through the supply part and potentially partnering with realtors. If that did happen for you guys, what did that look like? Do you want me to take that, Glenn, or do you want to take it? Go for it. Yeah. So, um, we have to give a major shout out. Um, when we first started, um, a lot of people just scoffed at us. Uh, didn't really, we hadn't, you know, real no background in the short-term housing world um, besides working at an agency. So we um, reached out to a lot of different companies and a lot of different companies kind of just said like, we're not interested. Um, but we were lucky enough to have uh, Fox Corporate Housing, a, a lady named Whitney Rutherford at Fox Corporate Housing and uh, her partner, Tanya Rutherford, that took a real shot on us when we were almost nobody. We were just kind of a pipe dream. 
And we said like, look, like I understand that maybe we don't have a lot of clients right now, but we're smart guys. And we have done, we've identified a pain point here and we know how to sell. Um, so take a shot on us and we know it's going to end up working out in your favor. And so um, our first real partner was Fox Corporate Housing for the first maybe like six to 12 months. Um, they were really our, our main provider uh, within the space. Um, but then shortly thereafter, you know, we started closing a decent amount of deals. Folks are starting to see traction. We started to build our social media. We start to grow hundreds, if not thousands of followers month over month. Um, and so what we've done ever since then is um, continue to build our network of just landlords. So we work with a tremendous amount of uh, individual landlords that just own one to 10 properties. Uh, we work with realtors across the United States. Um, and then we also work with corporate housing suppliers as well that have turnkey furnished units in every major market. Um, so across uh, all the partnerships that we've been able to, to generate, we've got you know, well over, you know, 50 to 100 corporate providers that we can work with in any single market. Um, and then it's just a matter of figuring out when a player puts a request through our website, um, through our providers, like who has a unit or multiple units that are a fit for what they're looking for, get those options over to the player um, and get them moved in uh, in the time horizon that they're looking for. Okay. So Clinton said there at the beginning, one of the toughest parts of the whole process of getting clubby rolling was, you know, finding supply while also finding agents and players. What did that look like on the player side of things? Did you go ahead and maybe talk to your contacts at MVP sports group? What does that look like on the player slash agent side of things of actually finding these clients to put into these houses? You want that Clinton? Um, yeah, I can take that. So, um, yeah, as Jordan, as Jordan said, you know, it was a lot of due diligence. We it was we were definitely, you know, in the experimental phases. Our original, our initial Instagram, we were happy to get the at clubby handle, to be honest. We didn't know if anybody else had was squatting on that, but we got that. And, and um, we kind of just started, you know, really out of the gate, just trying to follow and, you know, communicate and engage with as many players and agents as we could. Um, and we really wanted to have, uh, for us, you know, we're not the most social creative necessarily people so it took us a little bit of time to realize what what was going to be effective on there as far as posts um and then once we did start to get some traction as far as closing deals we really wanted to make sure we highlighted those on the social um and then anytime we'd get you know player follows or agent follows we wanted to immediately follow them back and send them a message just to get that engagement going and you know address see if we can get them going through any um any uh requests they might have that they need um but um, as far as, you know, going out, yeah, I mean, it was it was really, we didn't know what we didn't know. So it was really just a matter of trying lots of things and knocking down doors. And, you know, for every 100 no's, you might get a yes. So we just played the numbers game and just keep going after it. Eventually, things started to kind of fall in our way. Um, I'd say we did have a lot of great conversations with a few agents that were willing to sit down and give us some pointers about what they'd really be looking for that they're not getting from corporate housing providers and Airbnb type situations in the current world. So I was able to really go to our providers with that information and make sure we're able to get them, you know, like favorable, uh, to, uh, vacate, like notice to vacate terms and very favorable in the event of an injury or trade or anything like that. Um, uh, additional privacy, you know, considerations for not having anybody come in, not expected. And, and then just overall, concierge feel and um you know we wanted to make them feel like we're championing a player which is our real mission um that we're helping the players we're taking time away from this giving them time back so they can go do the stuff that matters to make some money 
and let the players focus on playing the game. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. So with both of you guys coming from, you know, somewhat similar backgrounds, but somewhat different, you know, Jordan there working for a sports agency, Clinton, you being a licensed attorney. How did you guys establish different roles amongst each other? Like, what does that look like? Are you guys doing the same thing? Do you guys, okay, I, Jordan, I'm sticking to this, Clinton, I'm sticking to this. What does that look like when it comes to, you know, your individual roles? Um, I'd say, you know, being it that it's really just the two of us, we've had a little, little help, but really just the two of us. Um, you got to wear every hat <laughs> when you're getting three to 400 requests in a, in a high season, you know, we, yeah, there's certain things I'd say Jordan does better than I do and probably vice versa, but we're, we, that's, I think one of the things that's great about our situation is that we are able to both do everything and just get in and get, get done whatever needs to be done. If we got requests flying in like crazy, we need to get those done. If we've got meetings that need to be handled, we'll, we'll get those uh, booked and handled. But, um, you know, I, I'm more of, I'd say, the legal, uh, you know, background, insurance, making sure everything's tightened, tightened around the, you know, everything looks good, everything's buttoned up, we're not facing any potential liabilities, things like that. I like to think from that perspective. Um, also, as far as our financials go and accounting, I like to probably focus more on that side. Jordan is definitely our premier salesperson. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he can sell you, he can sell, uh, you know, ice to an Eskimo type of guy. Uh, see, so he's, he's better at that and getting on those initial conversations with, with new agents and players and kind of selling them on uh, what club we can do for him. But all in all, I think we, we both know what we're doing on all aspects. Yeah. So go, Jordan, you got anything to add on that? Um, no. Yeah. I think um, when you're just like an early stage startup um, and, and you're kind of getting uh you're just getting started. I think um, there's not as much not as much segmentation in terms of what your roles are, um, as opposed to like when you grow and you scale a business and then you've got, you know, somebody that heads that division or even somebody that rolls up under, you know, accounting versus, you know, sales versus legal. Um, when you're just bootstrapped, getting started in the beginning, it's kind of all hands on deck. Um, kind of like you're playing what game 163 and every every day could be your last. Um, uh, so yeah, I think there's been like less kind of role segmentation between the two of us, but at the same time, you know, as Clint said, like in the beginning, you talked about like how did you get your foot through the door? You know, the agency contacts that we had were kind of limited. I mean, I worked at one sports agency, I knew maybe five to six different agents. Um, so like anything, um, what it just comes down to is building process and building a pipeline and then nurturing that pipeline to what you want that goal to be, right? Um, just like I think back to when I try to break into the sports world, right? The way that I did it was going on MLB trade rumors, looking at their agency database and getting my resume to every single person that I could, right? The same thing probably could be said with what we did in the beginning in the sports world, right? We didn't have any players. We didn't have any agents, what we did is we created a pipeline of like, here's all the different opportunities that we want to go after. Here's what our messaging is going to be. And then we're going to have a call to action. The call to action is going to be get on a call, do discovery and figure out how we can support their short-term housing needs. And so we just started to do that time and time again. And we started to have agents submit requests through our site, started closing deals. And then the social page started really exploding. Um, and through the help of some folks like more than baseball, we started to get, um, a large, large influx of both MLB and minor league players that um, started following our page. 
And once you start following our page, um, that's a spot that we want you to be in because like you said, you see our memes, you see our, our funny stuff that we post. And what's really funny about that is when we first started Clubby, I think for like the first year, year and a half, our page was like super, super professional in the sense like we would only post like if we closed a deal, like we were just super polished and my my sister's boyfriend is like a pretty big comedian um, and he's very large on social media and I was having him take a look at our page and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's cool, man, but like it just looks like an advertisement. He's like, are you do you like looking at stuff like this when you go on social media? I was like, no. He's like, dude, you got to make it funny, right? You got to sell what you're selling, but do it in a funny way that people will get a chuckle at and then they'll remember you a bit more. And so we started employing that strategy about a year and a half ago. And I kid you not, like our leads, our follows, our engagement across um, just the sports world has like 25x ever since we took over that strategy. And so by getting players to follow us, by closing deals, by building relationships with agents, and then also posting this content that makes people laugh, but then it's just remember it's memorable. Like that's been the key to success for us in terms of just driving, you know, so many, so many leads um, and, uh, you know, the amount of deals that we've been able to close uh, all across the country. Yeah. So you talk about building that pipeline, you know, whether that's, you know, with the agents and players, with the actual supply chain as well, you know, now three years after you, three years after you guys doing that due diligence and making those initial connections, how has that company just, how has the, how has Clubby evolved, whether that's adding new housing, what does that look like just these past, you know, two and a half, three years or so, to where you guys are at now, you know, just take us through that evolvement. Yeah, I mean, I think now we're finding ourselves in a world where we're actually uh, managing these properties ourselves. So in the past, we just really would refer deals to our corporate providers and just connect them. And then that was kind of the, the end of the deal from our end. Now um, we're in a world where um, we actually manage these properties. So we're the landlords now on these properties. Maintenance requests are coming into us. And, you know, at, at certain times we'll have, you know, two, three dozen units um, that we're currently managing across the country. Um, so that's been kind of the key um, involvement that we've seen really over like the last 12 months. Um, and then in addition to that, like we're really starting to just break ground in like the NFL, the NHL, and even the NBA. Um, you know, we see that, you know, regardless of what sport you play, a lot of these players have the same pain of just not wanting to find housing themselves. The agents don't want to find it for them. And then it's just that exact same pain point that we've seen um, over the last couple of years. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the next stage of Club E is like taking all the success that we have here, where if you walk into any like Major League Baseball clubhouse and you just ask the whole team, like, raise your hand if you've heard of Club E Pro Housing, I would bet maybe 20 percent of the guys would raise their hand and have at least heard of us. So we want to just get to that point. Um, well, we want that number to go up to 50% within the next year. And then we want that same situation happening in the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA, um, so that we're just continuing to drive uh, opportunities from a variety of different uh, channels and not just baseball. Yeah. And Clinton, you have anything to add for that? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we, we definitely are very fluid and we iterate and we learn from what we've done in the past. You know, the one thing over time, like our presentations have gotten a lot a lot cleaner um, before we'd be kind of just sending out, uh, you know, just emails with links and things like that. Now you get an actual legitimate presentation that looks like, you know, very professional with the map, you know, targeted to where, you know, stadium or whatever it is, your practice facility, whatever it is you want to be near. We'll show you exactly those distances from 
all of our uh, potential options. It'll be looked, listed really cleanly. Um, and we really, you know, over time, you, you you really learn who to market within to, to the agencies. You know, we've built champions through our client services people. And, um, you know, we've, we've built up relationships where, you know, these people are at certain agencies handling, you know, 20, 30, 40 baseball clients. And we are godsend to some of them because it's, it's just a mess. And they just can send those leads into us. And we build relationships with them, help them save, it saves everybody time. It's a win-win. So, um, over time, we just continue to build relationships. Really, that's that's the name of the game, and fine tuning our processes, um, just you know, gearing up to be more scalable, and um, and then eventually just freeing up some more time for me and Jordan to be able to think big picture and uh, you know work on all the all the uh, expansion things. Okay, so you talk about what that goal of you know obviously you walk into a major league clubhouse, twenty percent of people know what clubby is. That goal is to get to fifty percent. At this point, with all with all with all of the relationships you've already built, how do you guys grow from here? You know whether that's you know talking to different, reaching out to agencies that you haven't talked to in the past, haven't talked to you before. Where does that growth come from? What does this next couple stages look like within that growth of major league baseball, but also moving on to the NFL and other you know major sports here in, in the United States. Yeah. So, I mean, we first started with baseball because that was, we knew we need, we didn't want to try to conquer everything at once. We knew if we could prove it out with baseball, which was our first in that we could replicate that going forward. Um, and we were really still just scratching the surface with baseball. Do think we have a lot of room to grow there, but it's really just a matter of doubling down, tripling down on everything we've been doing. It's just, you know, if there's more time in the day we'd have the ability to do the same process with the NFL quick is just, you know, quicker than um, we, you know, probably currently can but really we we feel like we have the recipe it's just a matter of getting the right conversations with the right people um you know timing is everything figuring out when time you know the opportune time to be having these conversations um who to reach out to within the agencies and also just you know getting our name out amongst the players the more these players see us or hear about us the more that they you know when someone's one of the a teammate or somebody's asking hey i need a place our name, we want our name to come to mind. We want when the client services and agents people are in a pinch and need that, we want our name to come to mind. Um, so it's really just a matter of us putting that effort forward across all the other major sports and continuing to double, triple down with baseball. Okay. Jordan, you have anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what Clint says. I mean, at the end of the day, it just comes down to the best analogy to think about is just like a massive iceberg and we just have two ice picks in our, in our hands. And uh, I don't think we'll ever um, completely dissolve this iceberg and chip the whole thing away, but every single day, you know, every single minute, every single hour, we're just coming into business, coming into work every single day with the mindset of like, what can we accomplish today to like get our messaging out? Like how are we accomplishing our, our mission right now in terms of doing that? We're on this podcast with you, right. And we're sharing our story to you and your listeners some of those listeners could be agents. Some of those listeners could be ball players in the future. Some of those listeners might be the next, you know, Scott Boris. Um, so it's just a matter of just getting your messaging out, making people realize that you're out here to, to do the right things, which is championing the player, build good process and deliver uh, a service that is needed. Um, and then everything else will just, you know, come as planned. Okay. So at the beginning, you guys talk about how that goal was to help out minor league baseball players, but you guys quickly realize, you know, big league players need that help as well. At this point, you know, before you guys expand into other sports, you know, where is that main clientele base at, at this moment? Yeah, it's, it's generally like what we call pre-arbitration eligible players. So players that um, are, uh, or even during arbitration, guys that are generally 
um, within their first six years of big league service time um, or guys that are kind of like career journeymen, what you'll end up seeing is like with a player with like Ronald Acuna or if a player is like Corey Seager or like anybody that's your keynote, uh, you know, Aaron Judge, like these guys are purchasing houses in a variety of the markets that they're playing in. They don't really have a need for short-term housing. Um, but if I think of just uh, any journeyman baseball player, you know, somebody that's bouncing around on one-year deals or even two-year deals, um, all the way over to the guys that are just making the big leagues for the first time, and this is like their first full season, right? Those are the guys that typically use our service the most because um, they frequently will get optioned down to AAA or they'll get DFA'd or they'll get traded. And they just need the ability to have like a fully furnished turnkey unit that they can just check into like a hotel room. And then in the event they get option in the event they get transacted for any reason, a really flexible way to get out of that lease um, and not finding themselves on the hook for like leases in, in multiple cities. That's kind of the key demographic in baseball that that uses our service. Okay. And Clinton, you have anything to add? Um, yeah, that's he pretty much covered it. Um, I would make a note just on the minor league side. One thing we did do out of the gate was we created a um I sat down and put a lot of the things I had learned with my conversations into a request guide for the players that might not necessarily have the funds to get into a, a luxury unit, but still they need some help. They're young guys with not a lot of guidance. So we had something like, well, I don't know, 500 or 1,000 downloads, Jordan, on that request guide that we just put public on social and on our website for just a resource guide. It had hot links per city for people to click to to find units that for you know aggregators that we we would recommend that they tried. So that was one thing we put forward, knowing you know we we weren't necessarily going to do our business through them, but we still wanted to put that effort forward to help them. Um, and you know, ideally, do business with them down the road once they do make it to the big leagues or happy to, you know, work with them any way along the way. But yeah, I, our main clientele right now is, you know, early, usually mid twenties, early baseball players, somewhere like Jordan said, pre-arbitration to beginning arbitration. Sometimes we get some higher end requests, but usually those guys are looking to buy versus short term, but, but we've tried to market to everybody. I don't think there's, we're not exclusive um, as far as, um, you know, what kind of homes we can do, single family apartments, townhomes. And really we try to find places anywhere across the country for guys. So, all right. So both you guys bring up the the situation where, you know, some of these pre-arbitration guys, you know, the Aaron judges of the world, Ronald Acuna's probably Jordan, Jordan Walker, Anthony Volpe, all those type of guys who were top prospects coming to their team, potentially buying houses in those cities that they're playing. Is there any type of service that you guys provide for these ball players, you know, who aren't looking for that short, short-term housing? Yeah, so we um, we've uh, built out um, essentially a, a realtor network, um, and this hasn't been as much of a demanded service uh, so far. But I think a lot of that has to do with uh, we just really haven't marketed it too much. Um, but yeah, if a player, let's say we've worked with a player for a couple of years, and maybe we've helped house them in in Seattle for two years in a row, and he goes out there and he hits forty bombs, or he goes out there and he you know does thirteen Ks per nine and all of a sudden the Mariners are looking at them and they give them a four or five year deal for 80, hundred million dollars. You know, that player is probably now in a point where they're going to go ahead and want to purchase a property. Um, and so if you go to our website, clubbyservice.com forward slash housing, um, you'll see that there's really three options on what you can do. You can rent, you can buy, you can sell. Um, and so if there's ever a, some, a player that's looking to sell a property or to purchase a property, what they can do is just, let us know roughly the market that they wanted to purchase in. And then look, are you looking to purchase a single family home, a townhome or a condo? 
uh, we take in some of that information. And then what we'll do is we'll just connect that player to uh, a vetted realtor in that market. Um, somebody that works with sports and entertainment clients. Um, and it's really just a matter of teeing up that conversation between the player and that realtor um, and letting that realtor just own that, that sales cycle, that process from there on out. Um, so it's not something that we are like working as realtors um, in a variety of different markets ourselves and like buying or selling homes on behalf of players. Uh, but we definitely have folks that we can refer those opportunities to. Um, and that way we're able to kind of do that at scale. Okay. So on that minor league side, you know, with those guys, you know, not be, might not be able to purchase those luxury housings like Clinton talked about earlier with this minor league pay, right, pay raise, this minor league CBA that came out, you know, about a month ago or so, does this affect you guys at all when it comes to more players buying, you know, more luxury housing? What does that kind of look like for Clubby? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I can answer that. So um, the good news is um, for the players is about a year and a half ago, if not last year, I think last year was the first full season. Um, about 90 to 95% of minor league baseball players are now um, eligible for just housing through their organization. In the past, a lot of guys were trying to figure out how to put two guys into a unit. They were trying to figure out how to, you know, not have 10 guys sleeping on floors. Fortunately, you know, uh, minor league baseball advocates, which is now the MILBPA, um, they've been able to negotiate with these teams and now all these players are getting housed. In most cases, they're getting their own unique bedrooms. In some cases, even their own unique bedroom and bathroom, both on the road and at home. So that's really decreased the amount of players that have a need for our service in minor leagues for the time being. We do, however, still see like a growing number of guys that get optioned back down to AAA, have some big league time. Maybe they have a family. They don't want to stay in the team provided housing. Um, so with the recent CBA, like guys are now going to have, you know, more money to to spend um, during the season, along with maybe some stipends that they get from the teams. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, first of all, we're just happy now that uh, these players are, have access to the housing that they've needed for so long. Um, but some of those guys that maybe have a little bit of big league times so have some some families that don't want to live in that team provided housing. The new CBA sh um, should only help. Um, those players afford units um, on a uh, on a month by month basis, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. So, Clint, you have anything to add for that? Um, I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. I mean, we our focus has been um, we we really don't want to get in and over our head on anything. We want to we want to you know prove things out and do them the best we can before moving on to you know the next thing. So, and we learned so much with that process. It's really been effective for us. So, uh, yeah, we've we we want to try to attract. And, and, you know, get as much as we can going on the real estate side and for the minor league guys, I think um, there's a lot to flesh out. We'll see. It's it's obviously brand new, the new CBA. So we'll see how the teams react to it. Um, and we'll see, you know, where those opportunities lie as we figure out more. And um, we'll definitely be ready to go if, if for any of those guys that, that need housing. Okay. So with spring training of being all the time in Arizona and Florida, are you guys, is your guys' busy time, you know, in January before spring trainings work, before spring training gets started, you guys busy again in March. What does that look like? Are you guys having clients, you know, two, twice, two, some, sometimes three times a year? What does that look like with spring training and then also, you know, the regular season as well? Yeah, our goal is really to try to keep it as busy as possible all year long. Obviously, with just baseball, there's going to be some lull time. Um, but yeah, uh, this year, you know, December, January were incredibly big for us as far as our lead volume and our deals. Um, last year was a little bit weird because of the lockout. 
um, and how that just kind of put a pre like everybody was just paused. No one was really had any idea what when they'd be reporting, where they're going to be reporting. And then we had to really the really brief spring training. So we did get a big uh, end of spring training uh, influx last year. But this year we did really well in December, January. Um, and yeah, right now it's a little bit of a slower time as everybody's obviously just getting the season kicked off. Um, but that's where we're really trying to really ramp up our NFL efforts at this point so we can keep that year-round demand across all sports. Um, but yeah, I'd say the fall to about January is when baseball is our hottest, um, even till you know, February, March, because we get regular season deals coming in from a lot of the spring training guys. Um, they'll, they'll also submit a regular season deal once they know, you know they're going to be solidified on the team and they need to get that spot secured. But yeah, we do get a lot of repeats. Um, we've had multiple guys come back for the second year, or even I think we've had uh, maybe a couple three-year guys um, that uh, have come back to us. So it's been, yeah, it's been great. And our real goal is to just keep the demand steady throughout the year, however we can. Okay. So on the marketing side of things, obviously we've talked about that great social media page that you guys have. But beyond that, you know, what are some different other ways that you guys are going about marketing clubby, you know, whether that's just different, just different things. Is there anything else beyond the social media, potentially some cold emails, some cold calls as well? What does that look like beyond social media for marketing? Yeah, I mean, we've done obviously a lot of cold calling, a lot of that. Um, but we've also done a lot of in-person things. The um, the baseball winter meetings were this year in San Diego, where we both live. So we took advantage of that. We booked a bunch of meetings with agents, got a lot of sit downs and really one on one time with agents that led to a lot more um, uh, leads coming in for us. And we were able to close a lot of deals through that and build some relationships. Uh, we were out in Scottsdale recently for spring training. We threw a top golf event and we invited a bunch of players. We had about about 10 players show up. It was a great time. You know, we uh, got to, you know, chat with them. Uh, we went to a, um, a, um, a charity, uh, a charity event at a bar where all a few players were actually doing the bartending and we got to chat with them. Some of our guys at Weed House were doing the bartending. So we chatted with them for a while. So we're really trying to get our name out there and just, you know, the more we get to chat with these guys, the more we talk to agents, the more we identify where we can have opportunities with them. Um, that's really been our our strategies just outside of this, you know, the cold calling and social and all of that. Okay. Jordan, you have anything to add for that? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an interesting demographic that uh, you can't really just apply like uh, Google AdWords yeah. to it, or, like paid advertising because the market is so small. It's just, you're not going to get a good return on investment. So it's really just been a lot of like growth hack marketing uh, done through social media, done through DMs, done through like prompt responses to anybody that reaches out to us. Um, and then also, just doing the, you know, one to many strategy of um, building relationships with a lot of these different agents or uh, aggregators of players and just letting them know that we're a service that they can use. Um, and just, you know, the best way to get more clients is to treat your current clients with respect. And, you know, even if they don't even end up moving forward with our options, just making sure that the experience that they have with us is just super, super easy. Uh, my personal favorite emails that we get um, or when an agent or a player just will just shoot us an email out of the blue that just says like, man, you've made this experience like so much easier for us than in the past. Like that is the stuff that I'm like, yes, because we built something that clearly works and is like solving a pain point for somebody. Um, so the more times we do that, the better. And the good thing that we have going for us is, you know, all these guys, regardless of sport, and in, in some cases in the future, if we end up working with you know uh, women's sports which we, we would love to do um these folks live with each other in some cases for like six to eight uh, months straight 
So if you do wrong by them, they'll tell each other. But if you do right by them, um, we hear all the time, hey, we heard of you from this player that's used you or this wife that's used you, et cetera. And so it's just kind of that viral growth that um, we see just based off of like doing right by the player, championing the player, and even championing like their significant other. Um, because a lot of times uh, the wives and girlfriends are the real decision makers in uh, in these relationships. Yeah. So as your guys' network continues to grow and grow and Clubby just keeps getting bigger, are you guys thinking about maybe expanding to brand ambassadors, maybe having somebody who was a client there for a year, you know, hey, hey, come on board, you know, post about us. Is that something that might already happen? Is there any sort of, you know, Clubby brand ambassador program you guys are working on? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've thought about doing. I think that's probably something that um, we would probably end up launching uh, probably closer to six to 12 months from now than than today. Um, I think the thing that we're most excited to to be launching here in the next period of time is this internship program. Um, I think back to my time working um, in the sports world, a lot of coffee runs, frankly, a lot of you know stuff that I just don't think was maybe the best of use of time for, for an intern. I think there's a really large philosophy in the sports world of like having these kids kind of like earn their stripes, et cetera, before they can do anything. I frankly think that's a load of bullshit. I think that you should be trying to get the most amount of leverage out of the talent that you have working for you, regardless if the player or if the person has been working in the sports world for, for six months, or they've been working in the sports world for 10 years, there's people that have a lot of skills. And so something that Clinton and I are really excited to announce and to be rolling out here in a pretty short period of time is just this internship program that's going to be a largely a feeder for folks that are trying to break into the sports world. Surely a lot of players or people might not think that, you know, finding housing is maybe like the sexiest part of the sports world. Um, but what we, what we get to do at Clubby is build relationships with players and build relationships with sports agencies as well. Um, build process, get folks that, you know, understand how to execute that process um and you know add that to their resume right and it's a really ripe opportunity for for you know kids that are in school to not just go to an agency and do that really grunt level work of you know getting lunches for the agents or running coffee runs and doing that bullshit it's mostly about actually working uh for a company that has you know a legit mission and is going to be putting their you know their interns to work in, in a way that that makes sense for for the for the company along with uh, for the interns as well uh, and for their long-term growth. Okay. So I guess all that to be said, um, we're super excited about that. That's going to be rolling out um, this quarter. Um, and so for any of your listeners um, that are interested in, uh, in doing that, just shoot us an email. We're going to be having some LinkedIn posts, some indeed posts that are going to be coming out here shortly. Uh, it's going to be a paid internship program. So uh, something that they can work remote on too. So I think back when I was in college, if I had the opportunity to work in the world of sports uh, from my dorm room or from wherever I was staying at, um, you know, part-time uh, and also have a chance to kind of get fed into some renowned sports agencies across a variety of different sports. Um, you know, it's definitely something that could be interesting for some of your listeners. Okay. And this is going to be for the fall I'm taking it. Um, yeah, so it's going to launch, I would likely say, um, in the early to mid part of actually this summer. Um, and then we'll probably have multiple classes, obviously, depending on, you know, what, uh, what our intern schedule looks like. Sometimes uh, folks are only available for certain quarters. But yeah, we'll likely have our first class come through during the, the month of the summer months and then carry that through uh, the back half of this year. 
Okay. All right, Clinton here. Before we end it off, you got anything else you, you Clinton that you would like to say, or Jordan, if you have anything else beyond the internship you'd like to talk about anything else before we, before we end it off here. Um, I just want to say, I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity again. And um, I hope everybody gets some value out of this. And as Jordan mentioned, anybody interested and, in, you know, it's eager and passionate about, about baseball and sports in general, we'd love to um, have a conversation with them and definitely check us out on Instagram at clubby. Uh, clubbyservice.com is our is our homepage. Um, info at clubbyservice.com is a great email to get in touch with us. So um, yeah, we're we're excited. We're we're just you know scratching the tip of this thing. We know we've got something big here. We want to keep pushing forward and doing the best we can for all of our players and agents. Okay. Yeah, Jace. What I'll what I'll do is I'll actually get that Indeed um, or LinkedIn job post um, finalized before you launch the podcast, and then that way, when you're setting this out, you can have a nice little link in the bio of the wherever you can post the link, and feel free to just share it on your guys' story, um, and it'll link directly to uh, to our uh, our job, uh, our internship uh, program. So that way, uh, we can get some folks that apply for that, and then uh, again. Um, yeah, we just really appreciate the time uh, and the chance to jump on here with you. Okay, yeah, I'll, de I'll definitely be posting that all over. And again, you know, thanks for you. Thanks you guys for coming on the show. I really, you know, enjoy digging into the company. Like I said, came across your guys' page about a year ago and with me being an aspiring agent, you know, I was, you know, super intrigued and always, always wanted to learn more about it and how it got started. So again, to you guys, you know, thanks for coming on the show. Um, episode should drop here next week. So um, I'll be posting it, giving you guys a bunch, giving you guys a bunch of publicity there from 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 my pages. Uh, but again, just thanks for coming on the show, and I'll definitely be following you guys as Clubby continues to grow and grow from more Major League Baseball players to the NFL, all these other sports here across the United States. Just best of luck as you guys are continuously growing this company. And again, just thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jace. Thank yep. you, Jace.